On your Monday episode of Locked on Raptors, the Toronto Raptors complete their tour around Lake Erie 1-1 against the Pistons and Cavs, and I was there for both games. We will dig into our takeaways, talk about how much the Raptors very clearly miss Fred Van Vliet, and then Big V, Vivek Jacob, at the end of the show, we're going to turn the tables, and I'm going to be your travel guide for the Lake Erie loop from Detroit to Cleveland and back home. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1349 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, February the 27th. Happy birthday to my grandma, who is the biggest Fred Van Vliet fan in the entire world. 75 years young. We love you, grandma. She's not going to watch this. Uh, (laughs) Either way, happy birthday birthday nonetheless. I have to call her after we do this. I am your host, Sean Woodley. I have been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons. You can follow the podcast uh, for free on your favorite podcast apps. Go subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that. You can follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. The show is also on YouTube where you can subscribe. Again, it's just Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we love you when you go and support the show as we push towards 3,000 subs on the YouTube channel. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, which uh, is a wonderful way to play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. All right, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors go one and one against the Detroit Pistons and Cleveland Cavaliers in their weekend road trip. They are back. In Toronto on Tuesday to take on the Chicago Bulls. They've won seven of nine games, but I think a little bit of a sour taste left in the mouths of a lot of folks after getting blown out by the Cavaliers last night, uh, with the cherry on top being a Danny Green four-point play in garbage time, uh, which was my cue to get out of the building and start driving back home to Canada. Uh, (laughs) Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com is here. Big V, how the hell are you? And uh, what were your sort of overarching takeaways from the weekend that was for the Raptors? Uh, you know, I would say some offensive struggles on display for the Raptors, huh? <laughs> yeah, the offense was not good at all. I mean, I think this is what you expect. This is a, a theme from last season as well, where, you know, you, your three main shooters are Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, uh, Gary Trent Jr. And so mm-hmm. when one of them is missing, you kind of see uh what that does when one of them is missing in fred van vliet and og ananobi and gary Trent jr aren't playing well Mm -hmm. then (laughs) it goes to the level that we saw against cleveland and so i think obviously gary and og are working their way back from uh the injuries that they had before the break Mm -hmm. and uh nurse sort of said this before uh you know they resume play after the break and that he expected some of that to happen, and mm-hmm. we're seeing it. And you need OG playing his best basketball as you get into this stretch run. You need Gary Trent Jr. playing his best basketball. And, yeah, overall, this is a team that, you know, still feels the effects where they're not talented enough where one guy can fall out of the mix or now, in this case, say three guys just, you know, not having that level of performance mm-hmm. um, on the table there is going to be a steep decline. And so 
I think that's uh, what happens when you play a really good team in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, that's one of my takeaways from the weekend as well. The Cavs are really good, and I've seen Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland play in person before, but it was something else to watch them from like the perspective I was at. So when I was in Cleveland, I was sitting kind of at the end, and the freaking like side to side movement on Donovan Mitchell's crossover, he just like apparates six feet to the left. Man, I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. It's incredible. I hated every second of watching him torch the Raptors, but he's very, very good. And I think what him and Garland show is the importance of solid guard play from guys who can shoot. And for me, that's the big takeaway from this weekend. And big picture wise, I'm not concerned about the Raptors, but when they don't have Fred Van Vliet available, by the way, congrats to Fred at father for the third time. That's yes. incredible. We know he's about to go on the biggest heater of his life, 2.0, coming off the baby. That's fantastic. But uh, when you don't have Fred Van Vliet, things get really ugly for this team. And, you know, I've maintained it all along. Whether Fred's back next season or not, you have to replace his very clear point guard skills or have his point guard skills on the roster for this team to be maximized because you just see that the value of shot creation from the guard position, we saw it on display with the Cavs. It's just so valuable. And as great as I think Scotty Barnes is going to be and as, as awesome as the flourishes are, he's just not the same as your lead ball handler. You saw Gary Trent Jr. really struggle trying to run pick and roll as the lead guard a couple times as well, just like never, ever once looking at the roller. Um, it's Fred Van Vliet, as much as people really want to just berate him at all times, it seems, is super important to the Toronto Raptors. That was just sort of the thing that I could palpably feel from the upper bowl of two arenas over the weekend. Oh my God, they could use Fred Van Vliet big time here. The pick and roll action with him and Jakob Pertl, of course, was very easy offense coming out of the trade just before the All-Star break. And I think it's pretty indicative. Look, small samples on both sides, but the Raptors in the three games after the trade deadline before the All-Star break, 119.3 offensive rating. In the three games since without Fred Van Vliet, 102 offensive rating. It matters to not have those point guard skills on hand. And, you know, the Cavs, it's worth noting, they snuff your stuff out. They're a really good defensive team. They had moments yesterday where Evan Mobley's guarding Scotty Barnes. They run pick and roll with Jakob Pertl, and all of a sudden, oh, they just switch... Jared Allen onto Scotty Barnes, and there's not much you can do about it. Uh, it's just a really difficult matchup to exploit. And when you're missing your second most important offensive player behind Pascal Siakam, it's going to grind down, even against a team like the Pistons, where, of course, the Raptors' defense was good enough to get them through, and Pascal Siakam was good enough to get them through, as he uh, carried a lot of weight this weekend, I would say, for your Toronto Raptors. Um, did you have any other sort of thoughts on the offense? Because the offense really was and has been since the All-Star break the thing that's been of concern it was obviously um you know I, I, maybe not obviously because they were pretty good over the course of the season offensively but for me it was a pretty clear like pressure point for this experiment with the yak siakam barnes front court like they're gonna have to really figure out the shooting get really good shooting from their good shooters and hopefully have barnes and siakam shoot a little above or their, above their station to offer enough space for this really to work um any other impressions from the weekend offensively as the raptors struggled to 91 and 93 points in, or 94 and 93 points in back-to-back -back games yeah a couple things i'll get to with the offense i just wanted to quickly comment on donovan mitchell because he yes. was just awesome um yeah you mentioned you know the space he gets going side to side and yep. then it's the elevation on the jumper too mm -hmm. it's like it's, it's almost impossible to recover too and mm -hmm. like the guy is 6-1 and he can get that high on his jumper um after creating separation going side to side that's what makes it so difficult and then uh defensively you see the commitment from him as well 
when you talk mm-hmm. about this Cavs team being so good, there are multiple plays where you can just tell he's studying film where he is, you know, very aware of where that kickout pass is going and mm-hmm. intercepting them or at least, you know, making the run to get there because he sees it coming. Um, so super impressed with him. On the Raptors offense, a couple things. Uh, so with OG Ananobi, we were kind of wondering, you know, how hurt is his hand? Um, yeah. Since he had pretty much gone, you know, three quarters without attempting a three. Um, mm-hmm. It was right at the end of the third where he took that uh, three uh, to beat the buzzer. Um, Ridiculous pull up, by the way. And I thought it was the beginning of the fake comeback. I thought I was going to get to see a fake comeback in the flesh. I was so excited and then very disappointed. Not so long later. <laughs> yeah. And then he took a couple shots kind of looking for his rhythm in the fourth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it was kind of like, okay, so if he wasn't that hurt where he can't shoot from distance, then mm-hmm. he needs to understand that, like, especially with Fred out, like, they just got to ride and die with his shot. Yeah. Like, I, I'd r- much rather see him go over 10 than over 0. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's something uh, that needs to be communicated, that he needs to understand. Um, and just in general, uh, the Raptors spacing offensively early on did not make sense. You had multiple possessions where you had OG on the inside posting up. And mm-hmm. especially when you've got this Pascal, Scotty, um, Jakob Pertl front court, you yeah. need OG on the outside providing that space uh, spacing and getting those catch and shoots, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that was something uh, that needs to be looked at. And then the last thing I'll say is with Jakob Pertl going up against significant size, he couldn't really get to his shot as much, right? Yeah. Six yeah. shot attempts in the game. Um, we saw, you know, just how effective he could be uh, against, you know, say an Orlando, um, even the Pelicans without uh, Zion in the mix. Um, you know, I think he was able to get to his shot a bit easier. Mm-hmm. And so we saw some struggles in getting shots up, not necessarily converting them. Obviously, he was five for six. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that was another thing that kind of, um, you know, mugged up the Raptors offense. I think, yeah, it's unquestionable. And like the spacing, the, it all gets harder against the Cavs. I mean, we'll talk about the Pistons a little bit, I'm sure, in the next segment. You know, that was a fun game. Um, you know, I think a pretty understandable result, you know, and you're, you're happy. Even though it was a grinded out win, you get the win, you're happy. But this Cavs game, I think there's a lot more to kind of dissect as far as like potential weaknesses to pick away with this Raptors team. And yeah, I mean, the, the Cavs, it should be st- like, again, we got to say they're really good. And, and as much as I, I would love for to be in the part of the course of people calling them frauds, they're just not like they're they've doubled down on like the two most important things in modern basketball, which are rim protection and shot creation. They have that in such abundance. The spacing gets so jammed up because Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen cover so much space. They make getting to the rim really hard. They make scoring on the ra- around the rim even harder. And there's so much length. You mentioned the way that they hawk passes, those kickout passes to shooters. Uh, like the guards are able to be that bold in jumping those lanes because they know the guys behind them are freaking studs. And, and so 
It's a really good team. I'm not surprised the Raptors didn't look so good without, again, their second most important offensive player against a really good top of the Eastern Conference team. It kind of shows where they have to get to for sure. Um, And so the spacing questions are not always going to be quite so dire against other teams. The Cavs are one of the best defenses there are. But um, yeah, it's uh, there was certainly some stuff to be ironed out. And uh, hopefully Fred Van Vliet can be the human iron when he walks back in, not only to wrinkle out the messes, but because he'll be very hot on account of the child. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side, get into more of our takeaways from the weekend. We'll talk about the bench. Jeff Doughton, baby. Uh, looking like he's pretty awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll dig into that. And uh, some other concerns, maybe, with Precious Achua's game of late, and much more coming up in just a sec. But first, we will tell you about our good friends over at Prize Picks, who are the place to go if you want to play daily fantasy sports. It's fun, accessible, super easy to dive on in, and there's no commitment to the season-long grind of setting your lineup every single day. It's just not something I'm into. You have, of course, the NBA, but baseball's coming up soon, and people love fantasy baseball. I can't do it. It's too long a season. I can't set my lineup 162 two times that's ridiculous no one has the time for that so prize picks allows you to go in whenever you're feeling it and make an entry based on the players playing on a specific night it is great you can pick two to six players on any entry of course you got mlb you got nba you got every other sport under the sun as well to choose from you put those players in you can do cross sport entries as well and you're just picking whether they're going to get more or less than their projection in a given stat that's pretty awesome you should go and dive in right now and check it out entries can be made in 60 seconds or less they're safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and in canada and every province except for ontario at the moment download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users to receive a one 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. It means you put it in your own $100 and then $100 of prize picks money just appears in your account. What a wonderful thing. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with prize picks. And we continue on here with your first listen of the day with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com digging into the Raptors one and one weekend against the Pistons and the Cavs 30 and 32 they stand on the season they're very much I still think in the conversation to climb up the Eastern Conference standings big week on tap with the Bulls and a couple against the Wizards as well to put some separation between them and the teams behind them and uh, hopefully track down a Miami team that's not looking so good right now and an Atlanta team that's going through a coaching change and all of this um other takeaways from the weekend Big V I, I kind of I think I want to start with Precious Achua because he looked rough over the weekend. He's had some offensive adventures, I would say, uh, since uh, the the return when has uh, he not? after the All-Star break. <laughs> That's true. But I do think he was kind of honing in and refining the offense a little I bit agree. before the break. It's been a little bit more erratic since then. And, you know, he hit a three yesterday. That was huge. Any three you can get from anyone who's not one of those core three shooter guys is super valuable, of course, uh, especially in a game against the Cavs where they were bombing away threes. Uh, you know, th- their best stretches came when they were getting those sort of bonus threes from guys like Doughton and Siakam, of course, and along with uh, Precious Achua. But, um, you know, Precious has looked a little weird. He's moved back into a full-time bench role. Uh, Are you at all concerned about him? Because I think the other takeaway for me is not that just that they miss Fred Van Vliet, but it's that this team, while their depth is very clearly improved with Yaka Pertolin, there are eight to nine guys who you can probably trust most nights. If any one of those links in the chain gets a little wobbly, then you get back into those depth questions we've had all year long. Thoughts on Precious Achua? Are you concerned about this little spell from him? Or do you think he'll iron it out and become a positive player once again sometime soon? Yeah, I think he'll iron it out. I think that, you know, we've seen Chris Boucher and Precious Achua have amazing moments off the bench together. And mm-hmm. so I think uh, he will 
slide right back into that soon enough. I think that especially once the offense gets humming again, it becomes easier to appreciate a guy like Precious Achua because of mm-hmm. what he brings defensively. And yeah. so um, <clears throat> I think all of that will, will be fine. I'm not concerned about him at all. Um, I think, you know, if you were to look at the season as a whole, then you would say, you know, one of the expectations or the hope coming in was that his three-point shot would carry over from the second mm-hmm. half of last season. That hasn't happened. And so that obviously impacts the Raptors spacing in a negative way, right? You were yeah. kind of hoping that, hey, along with those three core shooters, if Pascal levels up a little bit, if Precious carries over his second half of the season shooting-wise, uh, then that spacing starts to look a lot better. So mm-hmm. now it kind of is what it is with the shot. And so that part is probably one that feels like a bit of a letdown. Yeah, for sure. Or maybe look, one this... that we shouldn't have got too caught up in anyway in the first place. Yeah, you know, late game season stuff or late season stuff is always a little hard to parse as far as is it real, is it not? Sometimes it is, and it's like the beginning of something. And other times there's, you know, regression before hopeful progression after that. And look, I still think the stroke looks pretty good. It, I, I do think it's mostly just like a he kind of like overthinks himself at times and like gets a little ahead of his like body is too fast for his brain to keep up with just because he's such an athletic specimen and it's just like Precious oh god uh, thinking yeah it, i know right uh, but yeah i think it's um it's that i also think again not to be the the fred van vliet apologist here which i don't think that's even a thing like he's just good at basketball the smart people realize he's good at basketball but um having fred makes like these sort of staggering lineups with uh you know whoever you want to sprinkle in with pascal and boucher a little sorry with precious and boucher a little easier to get to um you know he obviously forms a very nice backbone partnership with for example yakka purtle um you can run pick and roll if you were to have you know boucher and precious around them or you know you you run with sort of shooter heavy lineups and maybe Precious Boucher's your front court. It just makes a lot more sense. So I think, you know, the trickle down effects of not having Fred are pretty obvious. Um, but, you know, they need Precious to be really good, is the thing. Like they need that bench production. It's something they've lacked all season long. And as much as it's nice to get those minutes from Jeff Doughton, it's nice to, you know, get the the odd dalliances from Thad Young here and there for fun old guy minutes. Uh, Precious and Boucher are the most important bench guys on this team. Uh, you know, inc- also Trent, whenever he, uh, you know, eventually moves to the bench, you would assume when Fred comes back. Um, but, you know, they, they just can't keep on having five players or three players or in the case of last night, like two and a half players play well. It's just, you know, you're not going to beat any teams doing that, uh, let alone really good teams like the Cavaliers. A- any other stray observations from Raptors, uh, the Raptors weekend in Detroit and Cleveland in terms of on-court stuff before you grill me about my travels to Detroit and Cleveland? Yeah, did you want to get into Jeff Downton a little yes, bit? Yes, let's talk about Jeff Downton. He's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah. think... His defense has been awesome. I think mm-hmm. uh, Nurse made some interesting comments uh, and perfectly fair comments about uh, thinking that, you know, he thought there's just potential for an upgrade at that <laughs> position. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, moving past Malachi and Delano um, and seeing what Jeff can give you, I think defensively, you see his potential, especially in that Pelicans game, where yeah. his primary assignment is matching like the energy and intensity of Alvarado, but Mm -hmm. he's also then had opportunities where he's switched on to CJ McCollum. Mm -hmm. And it's like, those are two very, very different matchups. And Lock down Brandon Ingram's ass on one one possession too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so um, 
you know, going up against a guy as crafty as CJ, you know, he's got all those veins, got all those different uh, dribble packages that he can go to. And so I think that when he shows that type of potential and does it consistently, Mm -hmm. then it's like, hey, man, can you just knock down a shot or two on the offensive end? Um, Can you attack a closeout when it presents itself? And your money, right? Yeah. Like he got that extended shift uh, against the Pelicans. And then since then, He's just been riding that wave. And I think if he, again, if he just knocks down one or two shots enough to like keep the defense honest, mm-hmm. then there's nothing else to really question, right? Like, I think we've seen enough to this point to know that the defense is always going to be there. Yeah. I, I think the defense is like unquestionably a very standout skill for him. And, um, you know, th- there's going to be, you know, as a guy you can pair potentially with Fred Van Vliet in a backcourt if you need a little bit more of a defensive look over a, a Fred Trent look or whatever it is. Like, that's exciting. He, yeah, the offense is going to be the determining factor here, right? And he's got a little bit more comfortable driving. You know, he had a nice finish or two over the weekend. Also, a couple of pretty bad misses. Um, but he also had that pull up, you know, in the late going of a shot clock situation against the Cavs as well. Uh, you know, that's there. We see it in the G League. He's really damn good in the G League. He's got that mid range game. He's got some shake to him. Uh, you know, and ultimately, backup point guard play if you can get sound backup point guard play as from your ninth man like i mean that's all this team needs right it was the reason why i was a little disappointed after the deadline if they did go and get yaka and their thought was we're going to address our holes that's why i would have liked to see maybe a monte morris edition or something like that as well just to f- further bolster and address those holes but if jeff Dowden can do it internally that's awesome that you don't give any assets or anything like that to get him on the team like that is a uh, a bonus and it's been a long time since the Raptors had one of these sort of G League dudes pop for them and you know obviously just a couple of games here but it seems as though Nick Nurse trusts him he's been you know 18 to 20 minutes all three games out of the all-star break uh you know there was some Malachi Flynn late against the Cavs but that mostly felt garbage time related more than anything else um it for the first part of the fourth quarter it felt like let's get some sort of shooting on the floor but then it morphed quickly into garbage time as things often do when Malachi Flynn's on the floor but um yeah if you can just get what we saw over the weekend from Jeff Dowden a couple of shots made per game that is really all they need and it really solidifies what's been a a season-long hole for them uh so excited to see more from jeff Doughton. jeff dot win as our pal blake murphy has dubbed him uh we're going to come back on the other side and then we're going to turn the tables as big v is going to run through a list of questions he has for me about my trip to detroit and cleveland i've got game ops takes i've got thoughts on arenas it's going to be a great great time as i play travel advisor to potential future raptors fans making the lake erie loop part of their raptors fan pilgrimage we'll do that in just one second before we do that however Got to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who make the best tasting protein bars in the whole wide world. I was on the road for seven hours yesterday driving from Detroit to Cleveland, then Cleveland back home to Hamilton, Ontario. It was a long day, but guess what? I had Built Bars in the car to keep me satiated and keep me sane. It was lovely. When I'm in the car, I don't like to eat like a heavy meal or anything like that just because it's a lot. You don't want to stop all the time if you, you know, you got the rumblies or something like that, not to get too graphic or anything like that, but you want to make sure you have something to keep you going, keep you alert and eyes on the road and all of that. And Built Bars are a wonderful way to do that. They're tasty. They only have 130 calories in your standard bar, 17 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar. They are the perfect road trip snack. You can go and have your beef jerky or your candy or whatever it is, but that's going to make you feel like crap. A Built Bar is going to help you power through those long drives to get to the border before midnight after Cleveland. It's a really wonderful thing. Go check them out. You can also go to Walmart now and pick up a box for yourself. You got four pack boxes 
boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, all at Walmart right now. Go check them out. You can also go to built.com, but Walmart is the place to go to go score yourself some built bars for your next long road trip. All right. Speaking of road trips, Big V, let's get to it. The, yep. uh, the 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 Lake Erie Loop, as many people have been calling it, me only, uh, was completed by myself and my dear cousin over the weekend. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, my how the turntables, and you are going to grill me on my time away as I, uh, I, I guess, am a, a, something of a travel advisor, a game ops take haver, all of that. Big V, I don't even know what you're about to ask me, but please, take it away, sir. Yeah, look at me, look at me. I'm the okay. captain now. <laughs> <laughs> all right so road trip we know you had all the built bars but what is the road trip routine for you are you listening to podcasts mm. is it just uh, a music playlist what do you have going on yeah uh, so i'm a i'm a music guy for the most part although a podcast it's tough because like i have certain podcasts i listen to that are like long and good for road trips but sometimes they're you know they got inside jokes they're like comedy podcasts and the person with me might not know them uh that said listen to a couple episodes of doughboys uh mostly about detroit themed chains that we later consumed or had previously consumed and all that but no mostly music if not uh talking about basketball because uh we're a little freaks like that and we uh could, couldn't get enough hoop talk <laughs> on the way down <laughs> so okay so you've got the music going you've got basketball talk going mm -hmm. um Interesting thing about the music, though, is so you said you try to like focus on the cities you're going to. You're listening to Detroit. No, stuff. not so much. Uh, that's more of a like maybe as we're like getting hit, hitting the bridge over, we can see the town. Maybe you'll throw something on that's a little okay. more uh, like themed. I think we played Ohio by Romantic. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young <laughs> as we passed into the, the Ohio border on the way yesterday. Uh, okay. It's very lame, but you know, I, I do like those sort of musical cues at key times. But for the most part, no, I just I just put on like the uh, the Apple Music Sean's station and then just play whatever they okay. tell me I, I should be listening to based on the algorithm. <laughs> 12 going on um, <laughs> no i did not have d12 queued up i'm very sad about it <laughs> a, a distinct lack of obi trice on our on our drive and i yeah. regret it in hindsight <laughs> all right all right so you get to detroit um do you plan out your food are you looking yes. for recommendations okay so what's that what's yeah. that game plan look like uh, we went to Buddy's Pizza right away. Uh, eat Buddy's Pizza, everybody. It's delicious. Detroit-style pizza is the best kind of pizza. Uh, okay. It's a pizza where the crust is actually an important part of it and not just a thing you have to slog through to get to the good stuff on top. It's all buttery and crispy. The corners are wonderful. It's like a it's like a halfway between like a regular pizza and Chicago deep dish. So it's like a thicker crust, but you get uh, like Wisconsin brick cheese, which is delicious, but is still hurting me three days later. Uh, they put like a dollop of sauce on the top. It, it's outstanding. Go eat Buddy's Pizza. They have all sorts of Detroit style pizza. They got Jets pizza and stuff like that too. But uh, if, if I can get Buddy's Pizza to sponsor the podcast, I'm a happy camper because that was uh, a wonderful, wonderful meal. So if Buddy's Pizza was number one, was there a number two on the list? Were there two meals on this trip? There were multiple meals, yes. Uh, like Slow's Barbecue. Yeah, so for anyone who's making the trip to Detroit, which everybody should, 1,000%. It's super fun. We'll get to the arena, I'm sure, in a second here. Uh, I spent way more time in Detroit than I did in Cleveland. I was there for like a day and a half, where I was in Cleveland for like six hours. Um, so I have less takes on Cleveland. But Detroit, Slow's Barbecue. They got a couple locations around town. Go do it. It's delicious. It's wonderful. Uh, the people are amazing. It was just like the best feeling. I was like, this is America. I'm in America right now, and it was a really great time. <laughs> 
Um, and then, yeah, Buddy's Pizza was the other, uh, the big, the big selection for us. And then otherwise, we just kind of ate other chains around town that you've probably heard of. Uh, <laughs> we didn't really go for the local spots. We just went for stuff we don't have in Canada. But yeah, uh, Slow's gotcha. Barbecue, Buddy's Pizza, or Jets. Those are my two uh, biggest recommendations if you're making the trip. And you can't do it again this season because they're done making trips down there. But a thousand percent would recommend. All right. That's enough of a tease. Let's get to the arena. Yes, this is where my takes are biggest and strongest. What you got? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I've heard great things. So tell me, as a fan, mm. how early do you get to the arena? What are you, mm. what are you trying to scope out? And yeah, just tell me, tell me more about the arena. Yeah, so Little Caesars Arena rules. Uh, it's the best sports arena I think I've ever been to uh, as far as just like the experience. It's spacious. It's got light coming in. The concourses are wide. They've got stuff to look at all over the place. They've got cool exhibits on like the Bad Boys Pistons and all the Detroit, Detroit Red Wings Cup teams and uh, the 04 Pistons like just out there. You can kind of go and look at the Larry O'Brien Trophy just in a display in the middle of the, the concourse. Uh, the Is food's really good. Is getting to the arena? Yeah, yeah. It's like right downtown. There's like this whole area with all the sports Basically, so they got the they got the Lions uh, Stadium, Ford Field. They've got the Detroit Tigers Stadium, and then right across the street, essentially, is where Little Caesars is. Um, and yeah, they open up doors like ninety minutes before. Go early, walk around, like mingle. It's like fifty percent Raptors fans, so you're among friends when you're going to a Raptors Pistons <laughs> game. But the Pistons fans are also super nice. I, I don't think I've ever been to a city where people were nicer, just like as a rule than in Detroit. Detroit's awesome. I, man, <laughs> bravo Detroit. You have put together a glorious city uh, and I, it was a really great time. Um, and if you want to pay me to be your like uh, travel uh, advertising man, I can do that. I'm big and goofy. You can put me on a mascot costume. I'm fine. Um, but yeah, no, the Little Caesars, it's like, again, it's really spacious and the sight lines are awesome. And the game ops, Big V, I have to tell you, the game yeah, ops I mean. like made the difference and you know part of it it's like you get a 50 50 crowd split and a close game and the crowd's going to be awesome and you're going to kind of feel good anyway but the camera operators at little caesar's arena these were my highlight if i was doing a good the bad and the hmm this week the good would be the camera operators on the little caesar's jumbotron because they use that as a way to rile up the crowd so they'll like find cute kids who are dancing and then come back to them throughout the game and everyone gets louder and cheers louder every time they come on um they will like zoom in this is my favorite thing they'll zoom in on people who are eating and like embarrass them on camera and it's really funny or they'll just zoom in on their food and make it look delicious so you want to go and buy food in the concourse it's very good advertising but it works on me i'm a mark uh <laughs> but yeah just like the overall like the, the just it's a really, really wonderful game experience. It's the best arena I've ever watched a sporting event in. Um, you know, Fenway Park is not an arena. It's a different thing. I hate how much I like Fenway Park because Boston and all that, but it's a really wonderful place. Uh, but as far as like arenas go, they're all kind of cookie cutter, but Little Caesars does like stand out against the backdrop for sure. Okay. And then you're on the back-to-back. So yes. after the game, you've got to head to Cleveland. Yes. Well, no. After after the game, uh, we went to the Raptors 905 game at Wayne State University later on in the day. Uh, so we got a Amazing. full dose of we got a double dose of Delano Banton and Ron Harper and uh, Christian Coloco this weekend. It was at the Wayne State Fieldhouse, which is I'm guessing like a D two or D three school, uh, but their their gym is nicer than any gym that a Canadian basketball like university team plays in. Uh, <laughs> it's glorious, and it was awesome. Like got to actually see like. Like Stefano, or our pal from Raptors 905, had a yep. basketball ops. He was down there. Uh, we were sitting like two 
two two rows behind the Raptors bench for like eighteen bucks. It was fantastic. Um, it was uh yeah, it was an awesome time. So that was our like the the the, the second leg of our hoops trip, uh, where we got to see Banton and Harper and Coloco. And it was lovely to see them check in for garbage time against the Cavs as well. <laughs> and was that the game where Eric Curry got ejected? He did. Uh, he freaked the hell out. Uh, for <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, Eric Corey, the uh, the the head coach of Raptors 905. It was, I think, like mid fourth quarter. I didn't even see the play it happened on. It was not like a, a I, I think an egregious play. I think it maybe was just like a buildup of foul calls over the course of the game. By the way, Raptors 905 was winning by like 15 at this point. They they win by like 20 overall. They they kind of cruise. Christian Coloco throwing dimes. By the way, like full court outlet passes and beautiful interior passes to cutters. I was having a time. I'm watching really go yeah it was great um but yeah eric Corey, 100 <laughs> and then eric Corey just uh yeah like lost his mind and got ejected and then stood in the corner of the gym and didn't go anywhere he just like was on the other side in the corner just like watching the game while ejected it was fun um but yeah well, I, 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 I didn't even see the play <laughs> on like the actual eric Corey ejection like what does eric Corey losing his mind look like because he oh is, he like know, ran Mr. onto the court and got in the ref's face like explode like full-on explosion like more than i've ever seen a nick nurse explosion and wow. it was to the point i like the his other coaches couldn't even that. hold him back yeah <laughs> it was uh it was uh quite something from from eric Corey the uh the, the ejection yeah. also i should note uh demetrius nichols who was at the raptors republic live show we did a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago at the rivoli uh that dude is in charge of the bench in a big way like he's not the head assistant or anything like that he didn't take over as head coach after Corey got ejected but uh he's like often the first guy addressing the team uh a coach to watch i would say demetrius nickel that dude uh, knows what he's talking about and kind of commands respect which is kind of cool <clears throat> okay amazing yeah. okay i love that story let's get to cleveland now yes tell me about wonderful cleveland Look, I'm not going to denigrate the city of Cleveland or anything like that because it's pretty. Uh, they got nice looking buildings. And that's the thing you take away from going to any American city is, wow, uh, buildings don't have to be made out of glass. It's, a, it's a, <laughs> a really beautiful stark contrast from Toronto and what Hamilton's becoming as well right now. Um, just like cool old buildings. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, all the people were lovely. We we had some uh, some decent food, although most things were closed. It's That's the thing. It was like Sunday game day. And there was just like nobody downtown. We walked for like an hour and ran into the same guy three times, and that was like the only person we saw the whole time. Uh, so <laughs> that was strange. Did you make but uh, no, but like at the game, Cavs, we were super outnumbered uh, as far as uh, Raptors fans at the at the Cavs game. I, I think uh, you know, obviously the Cavs are really good, and it's a little bit more of a trip, I suppose. But mm. um, yeah, no, it, it was. Uh, it was very cordial. Everyone was nice. There were lots of like underhanded, like go home or Raptors suck comments, but like all very like tongue in, tongue in cheek. Um, had the Raptors started to pull away in the game, maybe we would have gotten a little more, uh, you know, scolding Boisterous. for being excited, but we were just kind of sitting there crestfallen as Donovan Mitchell was ruining our basketball team. So, mm. uh, there, it never got to anything beyond just like light razzing, but it was fun. It was great. Also met Chris Manning, our pal from Lockdown Cavs for the very first time, which was a blast. Um, Amazing. the arena there, I would say it's not quite as like souped up. It's obviously not as new 
as Little Caesars is, but it's still worth going, I think. There's lots of places you can kind of walk around the concourse and just watch from a different angle for a bit, like bar platforms, essentially, um, which is pretty cool. I'd recommend, like, just kind of meandering around the upper bowl. Uh, and, like, they have lots of... The food options are excellent in Cleveland. They have, like, chef... Like, famous TV chefs, basically... Every stand along the bottom concourse is some sort of famous chef's concept for a con- for a concession stand, and it's uh it's really really good. So yeah, it, it's a, it's worth making the trip for sure if you're a Raptors fan trying to uh, catch the Raptors in other arenas. Like if they ever do the Detroit Cleveland trip again, it was wonderful that it happened to be a back to back on a weekend to make it viable for us. But uh, I definitely recommend it. It was a good time, and I wish I had more time to explore Cleveland and like get to the parts where it's not just downtown office buildings because apparently that's where all the people live. Is like like away from downtown and that's where all the good stuff is so wish i had more time for that but did not you made it back safe did uh, yeah i cruised baby those uh those highways in uh upstate new york and pennsylvania stood no chance against me trying to get home to get to sleep at a reasonable hour uh but that's all i got man um awesome yeah well thank you for that recap thank you for uh i guess one question i'll throw in there yeah is um what does like the Raptors acknowledgement of the traveling fans look like. Um, is there so I was in the upper bowl for both games, so I didn't get there. You could see like tons of Raptors fans, especially in Detroit, like down near the tunnels and stuff, uh, like before the game. And I think you got some autographs and whatnot. There's not a ton. And like the Pistons game ops goes out of their way to never show a Raptors fan like on the, the screen. So they give the <laughs> illusion that it's all Pistons fans, which credit to them. Um, but no, again, the Pistons fans were super nice and like just kind of happy to be there. <laughs> They're not a very good team, right? So I think yeah. just having a close game was a blast, and it was yeah. uh, it was a rocking good time. Highly, highly recommend. Get to Detroit especially, but Cleveland was a really good time as well, and uh, no complaints whatsoever from the Lake Erie Loop. Uh, something I hope to complete again one day, perhaps with some of you fine folks out there. We can uh, we can meet up and eat Detroit style pizza all day long. Um, awesome. I feel <laughs> yeah. fully prepared. We're going to have to do it ourselves, buddy. Uh, yeah. It'll be a blast. Anyway, I, I think we should probably wrap the show there. Uh, I've talked about my trip and my myself enough. Uh, we will wrap it there. Come back tomorrow and look ahead to a really, really important week for the Raptors. Bulls, Wizards, Wizards. They can, with three wins, get to above 500. That's massive. Uh, and, like, it's been forever since that took place. I was really hoping we'd see them get to 500 yesterday against Cleveland. They had other plans, um, but we'll have that. We'll recap the game with Katie Heindel on Wednesday as we break down Raptors Bulls, and we'll tee up the uh, the Wizards double shot later on the week as well. Big V, anything you want to plug for the good people out there? Uh, usual stuff at Raptors.com. I should have a Jeff Dutton story that we'll be publishing soon, I hope. And Excellent. Go check that out at Raptors.com. And besides that, you can follow all my work at uh, Vivek M. Jacob. If there are any cricket fans listening, I have started a cricket newsletter called yeah. in the V and uh, you can check that out as well I have that pinned to my profile on Twitter outstanding go check it out uh, Big V covering more sports I didn't know that was possible uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it there though and uh, thank you so much you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean follow subscribe to rate review all that good stuff on all your favorite podcast apps and uh, go make your second list of the day locked on Leafs NHL trade deadline's heating up the Leafs have made their big move a lot of other teams around them have made their big moves and they will take you into the deadline and the playoff push and keep you posted on everything going on with the buds as they are very very good they had a big win last night as well and uh, so if you're disenchanted by the raptors being lower in the standings lockdown leafs is your place to get that top of the standings fix we will leave it there thank you so much we'll talk to you tomorrow with another episode of lockdown raptors bye-bye